1: is Bill Press and Friends on the District Productive Network.
2: Yes, indeed. Remember where we left it yesterday, and we talked about this uh, at the top of the show yesterday and throughout the show yesterday. It was pretty clear as of yesterday that nine, even though Michael Flynn denied publicly, denied to the Vice President of the United States, denied to the President of the United States, that he had had any conversations with the Russians before Donald Trump had been sworn in during the transition that he had had any conversations at all or even during the campaign with any Russian authorities about the sanctions that the United States had placed on Russia because of their seizure of Crimea and because of their uh, invasion of eastern Ukraine and because the newest sanctions of their hacking of the DNC emails and the Clinton campaign emails. Michael Flynn said, nope, we talked, I talked to him, but we never talked about that at all. Well, uh, again, as we reported yesterday, Washington Post, first to break the story, there were nine different intelligence sources that said, oh, yes, he did talk to the Russian ambassador about the sanctions because maybe Michael Flynn didn't realize it, but we, the United States, record all the conversations. (laughs) We listen in. We spy on every phone call made by and to the Russian ambassador. Oops. In other words, uh, Michael Flynn um, broke the law. There is something called the Logan Act, rarely enforced. that says private citizens cannot negotiate with foreign governments, uh, Michael Flynn was doing so. Uh, and again, he lied to the American people about it, lied to the vice president about it. And then uh, he said, oops, I guess I forgot. Maybe the subject did come up. I can't remember. Uh, and as of that point yesterday, as we said, and uh, it was Al Franken uh, who made that point on, um, on Bill Maher uh, on Friday night. Okay, either he lied about it or he forgot. Uh, You don't want that guy either way in the job. I mean, either he was lying about not having discussed that or he forgot. You don't believe the – your smile says you don't believe that he forgot. A Tapper, yeah. I don't think you want a guy who would forget that. (laughs) <laughs> your national security advisor would forget that he was talking about lifting the sanctions uh, with a Russian ambassador. I don't think you you want a guy in either of those scenarios to be in that position. And that's how we left it yesterday. What was going to happen to Michael Flynn? Uh, he had apologized by this point to the to, uh The vice president saying, I'm sorry if I misled you, but it looks like I just forgot. Maybe the subject came up. Maybe they didn't. I have so many phone calls, blah, 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 blah. As Jake Tapper says, fake news, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And then we waited, see what was going to happen. And the middle of the day, all the questions around Michael Flynn. Is he going to survive? Does the president have confidence in him? The president had not talked about it yet on Air Force One on his way down to Mar-a-Lago last Friday. He was asked when he visited the press room, and all Trump would say was, well, uh, I don't know anything about that. Gee, I'll have to look into it, which was baloney. You knew he knew about it. That's, it, was, it was the talk of the White House. But again, so then about the middle of the, af- probably middle of the afternoon yesterday, we finally get an answer. Kellyanne Conway, <laughs> chief advisor to the president. She knows what's going on. She knows what's going on. She's on top of it. She goes right out to the White House briefing room and talks to Steve Carnacki of MSNBC and says, no problem.
3: Does uh, the National Security Advisor right now enjoy the full confidence of President Trump? Yes, General Flynn does enjoy the full confidence of the president. Enjoys
2: the full confidence of the president. And, you know, he makes a lot of phone calls. You can't expect him to remember everything.
3: Um, General Flynn has said he can't recall, and that he had about 30 phone calls um, with, with, I guess, leaders at the time. And since then, 70, I'm told, with different leaders. And I'll just leave his, his comments at that.
2: So there it is, right from the horse's mouth, Kellyanne Conway. She's close to the president, right? Everything's good. Everything's fine. Within minutes, we get a totally different story from the press secretary at the White House, Sean Spicer, who gives us a totally different story from the same White House briefing room podium.
0: The President is evaluating the situation. He's speaking to the Vice President, to Vice President Pence, relative to the conversation the Vice President had with General Flynn, and also speaking to various other people about what he considers the single most important subject there is, our national security.
2: Uh-oh. So. Who do you believe? Kellyanne Conway, total confidence in Michael Flynn, (laughs) Sean Spicer. He's reevaluating the entire situation and talking to Mike Pence. And the cloud continues. Nobody really knows. And I don't know at what time last night. I don't know. Because all I know is I said lights out at 10 o'clock East Coast time. And at that time, the news still had not broken. Sometime after that, uh, the White House released a letter from Michael Flynn to President Trump resigning from his position. Uh, And remember, uh, and so he is out. Uh, Lieutenant General uh, Kellogg, forget his first name, has been named as the acting National Security uh, Advisor, and they're going to look for a new National Security Advisor. Michael Flynn is out talk about this is just we're not even one month almost but not even one month into the trump administration and it is just total turmoil uh, at 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 the white house oh my god but let's talk about i mean look flynn should never have gotten this job in the first place we said that at the time he had no experience he was a guy remember who was put in charge of the defense intelligence agency Fired from that job by his fellow generals at the Pentagon because he was such a hothead, because he was spreading false information, because he was impossible to work with. Uh, and during the campaign, this is a guy that went around for years then after he was fired, talking about Islam as a violent religion um, that uh, all, he, he totally, totally, his idea to ban all Muslims from entering uh, this country. Hooks up with the Trump campaign. Goes around and gives some of the most incendiary speeches during the campaign, and, and and constant attacks on, vicious attacks on Hillary Clinton, including, remember, at the Republican National Convention. W- w- very insightful now when you look back, and, and and this is this is the thing that really rubs me wrong. So here's Michael Flynn, right, who who is trying at, at least stayed on the job long enough for his contacts with the Russians, and he was attacking Hillary Clinton for her emails. Here's Michael Flynn at the the convention last July.
3: I have called on Hillary Clinton to drop out of the race because she, she put our nation's security at extremely high risk with her careless use of a private email server. Oh.
2: Oh, okay. Well, that didn't age well. Careless use of private even server. He's making careless recorded calls, secret calls to the Russian ambassador, basically saying, "Hey, on the sanctions, don't make a big deal of it because once we get in the White House, we'll take care of you." Yeah, yeah. How dare he go after Hillary Clinton? Same speech. We don't need any reckless president.
3: We do not need a reckless president who believes she is above the law.
2: Now, listen. What happened? Listen. What happened? Lock her up.
3: Lock her up. That's right.
2: Yeah, lock her up. Leading the charge. Here he is. Lock her up. Top advisor at that time to vice to President Trump. Can- no, I'm sorry. To candidate Trump getting the nomination uh, there in Cleveland. And finally, the same speech, Michael Flynn saying, if I did
3: something like what Hillary did. If I, a guy who knows this business, if I did a tenth, a tenth of what she did, I would be in jail today.
2: (laughs) He would be in jail. He ought to be in jail today. But instead, he's out of a job. Heather Timmons covers the White House for Quarks, uh, QZ.com, and joining us in studio, Heather, these are uh, wild days, huh?
0: Good morning. Good uh, morning. Yeah, they yeah. certainly are. It seems to, the news seems to come at us so fast that every morning that you wake up, you go, oh my God, what's happening?
2: No, I thought I had a pretty good handle on things uh, when I uh, turned out the lights at 10 o'clock East Coast time last night mm-hmm. and woke up this morning and my phone just full of Messages from CNN and Politico and the New York Times about all the breaking news uh, <laughs> overnight. Yeah, but I mean, what does this Flynn um, resignation say about the chaos at the White House? I mean, it, well,
0: it, I think the the, the, the reason a, that it's
2: been a pretty rocky start. <clears throat>
0: it's been a very sure. rocky start, and and the reason that he was
1: just moved that a little closer too, forced to
0: forced to. Step down. seems to be really that the acting attorney general, Sally Yates, did let the administration know weeks beforehand that he had been speaking to Russia improperly or that there may be some uh, possibility of compromising or blackmailing him because of the conversations he had had. And so it's not just that Flynn did something wrong and he apologized to the vice president, but for weeks, the administration has known that there was a reason to believe that he may have done something wrong. And, and so what this could start is some sort of snowball. I mean, I think the question that everybody is asking now is is the obvious one, which is what did Trump know and when did he know it? Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. that's an, yeah. that's an old question, but a good one. And and. If he was aware of this and he put Pence in a situation where he could be lied to and then stand in front of the American public and lie to them, um, that's going to upset their relationship. Um, And and I guess what, what happens next depends a lot on the appetite for investigating this in Congress. And that's the congressional Republicans have not proven to be very aggressive about wanting to investigate any of this. But I think we're at this point where they have to.
2: Right. Well, two points. One. Uh, just to be sure all of our uh, listeners and viewers uh, understand the Sally Yates reference which um, is that this before she was fired uh, the acting attorney general um, found out that in fact contrary to what he'd been telling the public and apparently had told the vice president uh, because the FBI does listen in on telephone calls of the Russian (laughs) ambassador duh um that Michael Flynn had, in fact, talked about sanctions with the Russian ambassador. And therefore, when he's saying publicly that he didn't, the Russians could have used that against him maybe to blackmail him. So rather than going public with that, she informed the White House counsel, as you say, weeks ago.
0: Yes, right, yes.
2: That you got a problem here. Michael Flynn is saying one thing. We know that that's not true. And apparently for White House didn't do anything about it. For a while, right? I mean, no, no, know. not at all, not no. that we know of, right. not that we know of. So no. then, fast forward, then he realizes, oh, I got a little trouble. Then he tells Mike, having told Mike Pence, I didn't talk about sanctions. Then Mike Pence goes out on the Sunday shows and said there was no talk about sanctions. Sean Spicer says, no, they talked about, I don't know, baseball, but they didn't talk about whatever they talked about. They did not talk about sanctions. And then Flynn realizes, and he goes to Mike Pence and says, you know. It may have come up, maybe I forgot, right? Yeah,
0: yeah uh, that's an amazing.
2: Yeah, so that gets to your question. Did Michael Flynn do this on his own? Unlikely. If he were, was told by somebody, you know, you ought to call the, the ambassador and just let him know. Don't, don't go crazy about these sanctions because we'll give you a better deal once we get in. Who told him to do that? Donald Trump? Steve Bannon? Obviously not Mike Pence. And will we ever know?
0: Right, right. I, well, I mean, I think we'll only we'll only ever know if there is an appetite to investigate the situation. Um, and it does.
2: There may be an appetite on the part of the media. There is. Yes, I would say. Yes. But you're right on the part of congressional Republicans. I don't think Jason Chavits is going to uh, rush into this.
0: No, he doesn't appear to be rushing into investigating anything at all. Um it, In terms of the media being able to do so, as we saw with the Yates report, I mean, there are so many people this administration has, in the matter of three and a half weeks, um, upset, uh, you know, concerned, made worry about the future of security, that it appears that, you know, if there is more information to be found, it's going to come out.
2: Well, uh, there are also um, so many leaks from this White House that uh it, it's 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 uh, it makes it easier on the job for on the job of invest for the job of investigative reporters these days
0: right it's a it's just a sign i think of how much turmoil there is inside and how unclear people are what direction things are going um you know an interesting aside to this is is <coughs> what mike pence's future turns out to be i think a lot of strategists looked at this situation and said mm, you know pence is is the strong man behind trump and if Trump's excesses and and fitness for office get called into question, you know, this will mean that Pence can take over somehow. Um, And and having been tied now to this lie, perhaps, you know, Pence hasn't made such a great decision by aligning himself with this administration. And that's it. And his future, too, is suddenly in question. And he, you know, with this administration, got rocketed up to a, a huge position, you know, that He wouldn't have beforehand. He was a relatively political unknown, Um, and and so it's time to start considering what his future is too.
2: Do you think Kellyanne Conway's job uh, is in question?
0: Well, he seems to adore her. I mean, the the even after she came out,
2: he adored Michael Flynn too.
0: This is true. This is true. This is true. Um, You know, she has (laughs) she's done so many things that have been sort of shocking and surprising to the public. You know, whether it was pushing endorsing Ivanka's clothing line or just outright lying or her alternative fax line. Um, And she hasn't been fired. So at this point, she seems sort of Teflon. Uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect her to be the one to go. She's very clearly one of his favorites.
2: He, uh, and he wanted her as press secretary at one point.
0: Mm-hmm. And she was supposed to quietly be doing uh, private counseling work for Michael Pence. You know, she had not taken that job in part so that she could work closer with Pence.
2: It's so great to have you on board. Many thanks. Here in studio with us, our good friend, Congressman Tim Ryan from Youngstown, Ohio, Ohio's 13th Congressional District, who has famously called the Donald Trump White House a shit show. Welcome, <laughs> Congressman, uh, to the program. My but mom really, is so proud. we haven't seen any administration stuff. You know, it's. it's it, it's a big job. It's a complicated job. I remember Bill Clinton had some yeah. little rough, little rough t- the beginning. Barack Obama, there was a lot of stuff they didn't get right at the beginning, but nothing like this. Right? Yeah, I mean, not started. started
4: not at this level. You know, Flynn lied to uh, Pence during the campaign about his son having clearance, national security clearance. God, about that. So, yeah. like, in, <laughs> yeah, that happened, and then they obviously knew about what was going on in December. And that they they put him on anyway, and right. here he comes, and and now the only real reason they got rid of him is because everyone else found out, which makes you think that him and Trump had something going on, because if Trump, Trump's the kind of guy who'd say lie to me, mm-hmm. do what I Definitely. say, and then just tell you know tell everybody something different. I mean, well, he, he, you know, he,
2: Heather, Heather Timmons, our guest in the last half hour, said you know the, it raises the. Uh, now, eternal question, right? What did the president know, and when did he when know it? Know, yeah. And if the if the White House, we now know rather, the acting Attorney General Sally Yates finds out that Flynn had, in fact, because they listened to the phone calls, mm-hmm. duh, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, that Flynn had, in fact, talked about sanctions. She tells the White House Counsel, "Hey, what Flynn is saying out there, telling." Pence and telling the public is not true and we know it's not true. Mm-hmm. The White House counsel has to tell the President of the United States, no? You would think,
4: right? I mean, what's, his, have, what's
2: his job?
4: You have uh, Clapper telling him the same thing. That He's been compromised. It seems like he's been compromised. I mean, to, to have this happen knowingly before you even get sworn in is, incre- is an incredible lapse in judgment and I think just shows his lack of sophistication uh, an appreciation for the details. And I heard Richard Haas this morning talking about just having a rigorous process mm-hmm. of how information gets out and how it gets streamlined and how it gets to the president. He's running these one-offs all over the place. I mean, you're not a Manhattan real estate mogul anymore. Oh, yeah, That's a whole different ball game. I'll lie to your face today, and you may catch me, you may not. But if the deal still works, the deal still works. In diplomacy, you're starting to phrase some serious relationships. The uh, on on Flynn,
2: what happens now? Uh, I want to ask you. So, but but I want to I want to play you go back to the uh, way back machine here to the Republican convention in your home state. Uh, so Michael Flynn speaking to the delegate, saying, "If I had done what Hillary had done in terms of using emails." Here's what would happen. Here's what would happen to me.
3: If I, a guy who knows this business, if I did a tenth, a tenth of what she did, I would be in jail today.
2: Now I'm not saying he ought to be in jail, but there certainly will be now a full congressional investigation, right?
4: Of all this, you would hope. You would hope. I mean, I would. I mean, I think this. Is, is getting raised to the level of national security, what the hell is going on with Trump, what's the relationship with Russia, going back to Manafort, the Ukraine, Flynn. I mean, this shit doesn't just happen. I said it again. I'm sorry. But it, it, I'm sorry. but I didn't mean to say it. But it doesn't just happen. Like, there are relationships here that obviously have been developed for a while. And then you knowingly put Flynn into a position of power where he can a- already kind of wink and nod and say we're going to reduce the sanctions that Obama just put on. And he puts on sanctions and Russia, does nothing. Putin does nothing when we put sanctions on him, severe right. sanctions. Yeah. I mean, this, this is extremely serious. And it goes to the heart of our democracy because it's clear that Russia tried to influence our election. It's clear they did. Did they do it to the level where it affected the outcome? I don't think we're sure, but they certainly wanted to. And if Americans and Americans on the right think, well, we do that in other countries, they do that, you know, we do. That's unacceptable. We are the United States. We have to protect the sanctity of our free elections, or why would some country in Africa want to become democratic? And it's clear there were some
2: connections, several, between people around Donald Trump, maybe Trump himself, and the Russian government. And the question is, to what extent, what impact did it have, who was involved, and what were they, what, prom, what deals were they making? Right. Let's say, right? The
4: American people now, deserve to
2: know that. Right. And you know, if this were the Clinton administration oh and God. there were even a wisp of this— I mean, how fast before Republicans in Congress would have right. how many committees on
4: it? They're right? tied into the communists. I mean, they wanted to they, they would start a committee to investigate Hillary Clinton if they didn't like the pantsuit she was wearing. Yeah, you right. know, I mean, it was like they were saying that they were going to investigate her before she even got elected. So I think I think Chairman Chavitt's got to got to, you know, go after this. And I think it would raise his credibility and, and I think raise the institution because right now I think if Congress looks like a bunch of hacks that are going to play to the whims of Donald Trump, they're going to diminish the the House of Representatives and they're going to diminish the Congress at a time of great insecurity in the country. This
2: is one of the things I've been saying since Donald Trump got elected. The Republicans are not going to save us, right? Like They have the majority, and if you're waiting for Chaffetz or Chaffetz or... Paul Ryan to stand up and be the check that they promised they were going to be against yeah. Donald Trump when they endorsed him in the in the campaign. It ain't ever going to happen. It's not going to happen. And there are a lot of people out there that keep saying to me, you know, or 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 to the show that say, you know, when is Paul Ryan going to stand up and get a spine or when is someone going to stand up on his own side and say, this isn't right? That's not going to happen. Yeah. It's just not going to happen.
4: Well, it was the same, in, in, in to, to just build the longer case, it was the same th- thing a lot of us were trying to tell President Obama during the negotiations for the stimulus package or the Affordable Care Act. They're not going to work with you. Right. They want to destroy you. And, and we told them, do your stimulus package, make it $2 trillion like it should be, and don't try to negotiate with these guys. They're going to screw you. And they already took a third of the stimulus package and made it tax cuts. That right. was the fig yeah. leaf, which yeah. I think yeah. is part of the income inequality issue that we're still dealing with today. And, and the same thing with the Affordable Care Act. Didn't get any votes, but they drug it out. Yeah. They let the vultures come in, pick, 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 pick until it got diminished. So to your point, now... Clearly, yeah. they're not going to do what's right. They're going to do what's politically expedient for them. Remember
2: the grand bargain all the time that, that Barack right. Obama spent meeting with John Boehner and trying to make the deal and everything. Yeah. And read my book, Buyer's Remorse. I talk all about that.
4: So I'm going to give you a quote that okay. I used the other day on MSNBC. All right. Wayne Gretzky you ready you didn't right, think i no. swore and i'm gonna talk i'm hey, gonna, gonna quote wayne
2: gretzky wow.
4: i'm impressed i was all right
2: waiting. i was waiting for abraham lincoln yeah, right right no or, uh, no gretzky.
4: or teddy roosevelt gretzky all right gretzky gretzky said if you want to be great at hockey you don't skate to where the puck is you skate to where the puck is going to be that's it and democrats need to start skating to where the puck's going to be and it's going to be The economy's not going to turn around. Stock market may go up, may get juiced up. They may pass a tax cut, and we may go on a sugar high for a year or two. I think, yeah, we're on one now. We're on one now. And just with the talk of deregulation and some of these executive orders, you throw in a tax cut, I could see the stock market going up for a little while before it goes back down. But I don't think structurally anything's going to change. And so these people who voted for Trump in Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, rural areas are going to go. Didn't work. You know, we gave him a shot. We thought, what the heck, we had nothing to lose. Didn't work. At that point, we're a Democrat's going to be. And we can't just rail on Wall Street. And, you know, I mean, I got it. I'm with you. And we need to regulate and all that stuff. What's our plan to hire people? And I don't think at that point, Bill, people are going to care who hires them. Somebody needs to hire them right. because there's no one else out there. But you know what you're getting to?
2: You're getting to what I think is one the central question right now for us progressives, which is... Uh, Where is the progressive movement go now? Where is the Democratic Party go now? And who's going to lead the Democratic Party? And what's the Democratic Party's message going to be? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And what you just laid out is the best I've heard yet. So what's Tim Ryan going to do about it?
4: Well, I just decided I'm going to write a book and get a blurb from Bill Press. There you go. America uh, uh, 2.0. He's great. He's you got to go. No, over. I but, th- that, but that's done. I mean, yeah.
2: what, what role can you play in that? Why aren't you running for head of the DNC? Or, or, or
4: You know, I just didn't feel like the DNC was a good spot for me. I mean, it's it's a very political job, and I I'm I like the policy stuff. You know, I sit on the Appropriations Committee. I do a lot of defense work. I, I, I love the foreign policy stuff because um, I think it's so critical and ties into the economy so in a very important way. But I plan on getting the bullhorn out. You know, I plan on being very, very vocal and talking about what I just talked about with you, because I think it's really important for us to define the party in that way and have a proactive agenda. Because, you know, I, I used to live uh, with half of my brain in Youngstown, in my Akron, in my district, and the other half kind of in the Beltway and MSNBC and kind of liberal kind of uh, media. And I decided after the election that clearly I need to put about 70% of my brain in Youngstown, you know? And like, what, what, how, how are people hearing us? They're not hearing, you know, we're not saying things that are connecting with them. And I think it's because we're not, we, as I've said million times, we're not talking about what's on their mind enough. And I know it, you know, but like collectively, we're not. Not that I'm better. I mean, I think it just, this stuff happens because we're Democrats. Right. <laughs> but we've got to, we've got to, what is on their mind? And what's on their mind is their paycheck and their health care and their retirement. I also
2: think it's true that, with um, as, as, uh, certainly as long as Republicans are in control of both houses of the Congress, the people are not looking to Washington are not going to be looking to Washington for answers so much as they're going to be looking to some of our great Democratic mayors mm-hmm. and governors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's g- tremendous opportunities there. So why not Governor of Ohio, Tim Ryan? Is that I mean, something I'm, you're thinking I'm still s-
4: still thinking about it. Um, you know, I mean, there, it's it's tough to watch Trump operate and say to myself, well, I'm going to leave. You know, like I watch what he does, and I just—I I feel like there's a role for me here right now. Um, I haven't made any final decisions, but there's just so much going on. I mean, I just—I worry about what's going to happen to the country. And structurally, if we don't get some of these macroeconomic issues uh, dealt with, I mean— what you're doing at a state level is, you know, it's going to be hard to fix, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, if we don't lay broadband, I can give you an example. In Youngstown, for example, um, we have defense subcontractors who are trying to get defense contracts. And it, it's hard for them because we don't have the broadband capability to oh, download right. the file to mm-hmm. be able to do the work to get plugged into, you know, a, the $500, 600000000000 billion defense industry. So, like, if we don't get broadband, like, you know, you can be married. You could do some really good things. But if you don't fix that issue, you know, if if you still have unemployment at 20 percent, if you still have a generation of people locked into poverty without any resources, you know, I I don't know. It gets hard. Yeah. You know, and I feel like I'm in a position now where I've been around here long enough that I, I think I understand the national vision In the kind of push that we need, the thrust that we need to have a robust economic message.
2: Uh, Almost getting lost uh, in all the flap over Michael Flynn is what's happening to the president's Muslim ban. It is still on hold, uh, reinforced by a judge in Virginia uh, last night. Dell Quinton Wilbur covers justice issues for the Los Angeles Times, and it's uh, kind enough to join us in studio this morning. Hello, Del. Good to see you. I understand that uh, Judge James Robart from Seattle um, got back in the play yesterday. So where do things stand between the Ninth <coughs> Circuit, Supreme Court, Seattle, Virginia? What's happening?
1: Well, you know, I think it's all just what you just said. <laughs> it's what's happening. We don't really exactly know what's happening except for the fact that um, the ban is not... In play, right? It's been upheld, or it's been uh, struck down um, in a temporary restraining order um, out in the West Coast in mm-hmm. Seattle, and the Ninth Circuit upheld that. The um, by the way, I I read the the, the twenty nine <coughs> page uh,
2: findings, a report, whatever mm-hmm. you call it, of the decision, the I guess, circuit. of the Ninth Circuit. It was very very strong. I mean, they took every argument put forth by the Trump administration and shot it down.
1: Well, what's interesting is other people who are like legal scholars looked at it and found it was kind of legally weak, and it's actually really? what's. Well, I'm what's, not a lawyer. But. No, right, I'm not either. Obviously, um, and Brinkema Judge Brinkema in Northern Virginia uh, struck it down in Virginia, saying mm-hmm. that portions of it cannot be implemented in Virginia, and so it's not going forward as it is. Um, but you know, as a temporary ban, so 90 days or 120 days yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's complicated, um, and I think the the Trump administration yesterday my. Or over the weekend, I think it was yesterday, time flies for me, um, talked about how they were going to, you know, probably find another way to do it.
4: Yeah. And yeah. what's
1: interesting to me is that, you know, what the judges have done, and the judge in Virginia, too, they've looked at it and said, this is discriminatory, right? It, it breaks the establishment clause of the Constitution. It was really a Muslim ban. And that's because what Trump had said and the way it had been implemented and rolled out kind of in a chaotic fashion. Um but the yeah, but
3: that, that the, the way it was rolled out, and the way that Trump talked about it as it was being rolled out, really yeah. came back to bite him in the ass. It did, right? That's like, right.
1: Like, well, right. They were they're saying, "Hey, what's really behind this?" The yeah. four letters, now, the four corners of the order. If you talk to legal experts, that in general, the president has a great deal of discretion on immigration policy. Great deal of discretion. All and right. I learned that covering the habeas lawsuits, remember Guantanamo Bay? Uh, yeah. So they 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 sued. They, they won habeas, which meant you can challenge your detention in court if you're. A, detainee in Guantanamo Bay. Well, great. So the judges started holding habeas hearings, right? Oh, not enough evidence. Release them. Well, that went up to the appeals court, and the appeals courts were like, no, no, no. Judges don't have the authority to order the president to send anyone out of the country or to another country. Mm-hmm. It's the president's mm-hmm. discretion. So these orders, these habeas orders, became more of a advisory opinions, right? They should be freed. And some of those people are still at Guantanamo, or they just can't get back home. Or to a third country that will accept them. That will so, accept him. And so I think that in the end, if Trump – the Trump administration were to take this and, and articulate an actual security purpose for it um, – that's – when I say actual security purpose for it, I meant that's from the perspective of um, the judges, what they say about it. Like if he mm-hmm. articulates a security purpose for it, he, he can do it. <clears throat> you know, as long as it's, you know, not blatantly discriminatory because there's that, what, 1947 law – that says you can't discriminate on the basis of religion.
2: But the their their first contention was that the president has, and Stephen Miller, kind of mm-hmm. reinforced this on in his opinion on sun on the Sunday shows that the president has unlimited authority here. Nobody can question his authority in this area. Uh, it is to, to use their phrase, unreviewable. And the, the the Ninth Circuit said the idea that any president's action is un, is there's an unreviewability is absurd.
1: No, of course it is. I mean, that's yeah. the whole
2: point of it. So that's even why he, we have
1: three branches of government. But if he were to come out with an order. Yeah. If he, if he, he were if he hadn't he, said all the stuff he had no. said and they'd rolled it out in, a, in an orderly fashion. And if right. they had done these things correctly, they'd probably be winning now. There is a way that they could have done it correctly. Yes. Yeah. And but, if they had done it that way, they'd be winning in court now because the judges would look at the four corners of the law and be like, well, but they didn't do it that way. And so now they have to reset.
2: Right. And so the options it's, are you go go to the full Ninth Circuit, yes. right, en banc, as mm-hmm. they call it, right, or- Eleven judges. Uh, with all eleven judges, or go to the Supreme Court, yes. or come up with a new executive order.
1: Yes, right? and my, my, my impression was it's going to be number three. That's my impression of reading the tea leaves, because- the f- you don't want to go to the Supreme Court now because they're only they're four. Right. Well, first of all,
2: the Ninth Circuit. There's no way the Ninth Circuit is going to overturn <laughs> a three zero ruling. No, the three zero ruling, no. right? Uh, and, and
1: then the Supreme Court's four four. So the even Supreme if you got Court all four four, right? So that upholds that ruling. Yeah. So yeah. will
2: not be there in time right. if they no. go right to the Supreme Court, right? No. So their only option is to try to come up and let's uh, assume that this time they would get some people in there who know what the hell they're doing, who would write an order yeah. that would pass muster.
1: Right. And, you know, these countries, you know, people – I wrote a whole story about how the Syria – there was a lapse in the Syria vetting. And now the FBI is scrambling around to try to find – re-interview people who had slipped through, who had contacts and had derogatory information that they discovered in their past, right? So Syria, um, you know, Iran, Yemen – I mean, we just launched an anti-terror raid in Yemen, right? So – and Syria is in the midst of a civil war. So there are security concerns with some of those countries, right? And so – if you craft a policy that's geared towards the security concerns, I mean, I think, you know, obviously the vast majority of Americans, and vast majority of people would like you to, you know, vet people right. very carefully. But how do, you, doing.
2: how do yeah. you get around the, 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 the fact that of the seven countries mentioned, there's never been a refugee or a, any a immigrant from any one of those seven countries who's committed a terrorist act. At the same time, countries where they have come from, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, mm-hmm.
1: are not on the list. Well, the it, fatal terrorist attacks. The uh, yep. in the Ohio State kit was a uh, some a few months ago was from Somalia, so there have been some, and they have arrested, they have arrested pre-attack uh, in sting operations people from these. Fifteen countries.
2: out of nineteen on yeah. September eleven were right. from Saudi exactly. Arabia. No,
1: exactly. No, true. Um, Al Qaeda for sure, um, but right now the United States is dealing with um, the Islamic State. And that's the one that most concerns national security officials because the Islamic State's kind of outsourced mm-hmm. terrorism through the – I'm working on a story now about this. And, you know, they, they push it out lo- online and find the lone wolves, the people who are mentally deranged, like Omar Mateen in well, – I don't know if he was mentally deranged or not. But they find people who are susceptible to this kind of uh, message. Like he, And he went and killed 50 people at a nightclub in Orlando. Um, he was a U.S. citizen. so. The vast majority of the terror attacks in the United States are done by U.S. citizens or legal residents, not refugees. Mm -hmm. Refugees are the most carefully screened population they have. And the people who do the screening are actually experts at this. Like, they will question you, and they have whole data banks of all the other answers people have said. So they'll be, no, I was just a shoe salesman in this small town in Syria. And you're like, well, what was on the corner of that small town? Was it a church or was it a mosque? Mm. Uh Okay, right, so you're lying yeah. to us. Because you know? yeah. we know, because we've interviewed 30 people who talk about what the daily life is like in that town.
3: The Parting Shot with Bill Press. This
2: is The Bill Press Show. Okay, so National Security Advisor Michael Flynn has been forced to walk the plank... I don't know about you. I call that a good start. Next step, Donald Trump ought to keep it going and fire Kelly and Conway. After all, like Michael Flynn, she can't be trusted to tell the truth. And we've learned that she's the one, remember, who said their job was to present alternative facts and to base their administration on alternative facts. She's the one who said we shouldn't listen To anything that Donald Trump says, we should just pay attention to what's in his heart. She's the one who went to the White House briefing room to hawk Ivanka Trump's jewelry and other products, thereby probably breaking the law. She's the one that said the president has complete confidence in Michael Flynn. uh, And she's the one that the networks have even considered banning from television because they can't believe a word she says. Yep. If you can't believe Kellyanne Conway, she doesn't belong on TV and she certainly doesn't belong as a chief counselor to the president of the United States. This is The Bill Press Show.